My name is Maggie. I am 30 years old. My name is Stan. I am 35 years old. My name is Aaron. I'm 37 years old. My name is Cece. I'm 44 years old. My name is Laura. I'm 37 years old. My name is Shannon. I'm 48 years old. My name is Trish. I'm 49 years old. I'm Ellen. I'm 41 years old. My name is Karen. I am 50 years old. My name is Kathleen. I am 60 years old. I am an adult Irish dancer. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Hello, hello. (laughs) A really bad, unexpected Bono impression. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. My name is Jen Clark. I'm your host. And we are on week seven. Lucky number seven. Super happy to be here again with you this week. uh, Broadcasting to you from sunny southern Arizona, just outside of Tucson. It's a beautiful day here. I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you are listening from. Thank you so much for joining us today. Super excited about today's guest, Miss Sophia Wisgowski. She is the owner of the Shannon Irish Dance Academy in Rochester Hills, Michigan, which is just outside of Detroit. She is a certified TCRG with WIDA. Although her school now is an open platform, but we'll talk to her a little bit about that coming up in just a few minutes on our interview today. Um, Guilty as charged, I have not yet been to an Irish dance class here in the Tucson area. Dealing with a lot of anxiety this week, just... Um, kind of the realization that I've moved across the country and that I'm I'm by myself. I, I am actually kind of excited, though. My mom is coming to visit from Milwaukee today, so I won't be by myself much longer. But, um, you know, I, I thought about kind of dropping in on a class, on an adult class on Tuesday night and just felt like, you know what, um, I feel like I need to kind of settle into my surroundings before... I take on another Irish dance adventure. So I figure, you know, a couple of weeks off is not really a bad thing, um, but still uh, super excited to be doing this podcast. And I really had to kind of take stock in my Irish dance career the other night because I was thinking about, you know, my own Irish dance journey, which started when I was 13 and then I had to quit. And then I started again as an adult and then I started teaching and then I started competing again. I've been kind of all over the place. Um, I am what you call a hot mess. (laughs) Proud hot mess here. It's all good. Barely keeping it together. Um, But yeah, the other night I was like, you know, do I want to keep competing? I'm in prelims right now and I have been for the last year or so and I feel like I'm kind of stuck there. Um, But I also feel like that's because I haven't had a lot of proper instruction at the time. I was teaching younger kids back in Michigan and just decided to start competing to kind of keep myself uh, accountable for practicing and trying to get better. But, you know, I I wasn't being taught by anybody at the time, and I have pretty consistently placed low in prelims. I'm not, like, super upset about it because I I get it. I I don't think I'm ready for championships at all. Um, And I also kind of love the fact that you only have to do two dances in prelims. The championship rounds are so long. Like, I, I love that you only do two dances and prelims. And I know there have been people stuck in levels for years at a time, so I'm not really, really sweating it. But I was curious this week as to which level you were stuck in the longest and how you ended up getting out of it and when. 
We asked this question on Facebook, and Rachel, who we actually had on the podcast last week, she dances for Cal Arts Academy in Fresno, California. She says, I'm stuck in primary, even though I dance intermediate soft shoe also. It's because of my light jig. I think once I get that finished, I can really finish primary. I'm almost there, though. Jen says, currently... Anything. I just made it to novice in my reel, but all too often there aren't enough dancers for a win to count at the fesh where I've danced. At this last fesh, I won my hornpipe, but it didn't count. That's the worst feeling ever. I, I totally understand where Jenna's coming from. She says, I don't dance at every fesh because I do like watching my kids, and lately this has been difficult. I've been on stage at the same time as my youngest for the past few competitions. He's a bit upset that I missed his third place in beginner reel that allowed him to move to advanced beginner. That is so tough, and that is another aspect of being an adult Irish dancer that um, we tend to encounter. Uh, a lot of us have kids that dance, too. Um, I know my son danced for about two years, and luckily we were far enough in levels, far enough apart, that I never missed him dancing. Although there were a few times I had to like drive him home in between because he didn't want to be there till 6 p.m. because he was done at like 9.30. I totally get it. But yeah, Jen, she, she points it out. She's like, you know... I I kind of have to decide if I want to watch my kids or if I want to compete. And I'm sure, you know, we all want to compete. But that mom guilt is overwhelming 99% of the time. Aaron says, prelims was hard, but I expected it to be. Beginner was really hard for me because it took me a long time to understand the timing for Irish dance. My treble jig was in beginner for two years. Patricia says intermediate. I managed to get there pretty fast, but the amount of time needed to practice didn't match the time I had due to work. And in addition, I started to lose focus, helping my classmates more than practicing for myself. Not a good combination. Another problem that adult Irish dancers face is trying to keep up this hobby, this sport around our jobs. And that can be incredibly difficult. I remember the first time I ever had to deal with that, I was in college, and I was working at the Milwaukee County Zoo. I worked there for eight years. I, um, it wasn't glamorous or anything. I picked up garbage, and I was security for the sea lion show. <laughs> yes, really, sea lions can be dangerous. Um, but I'll never forget that weekend um, it was Irish Fest in Milwaukee, which is a huge four-day festival in the Milwaukee area, all about Irish culture and heritage. And I had to decide whether I wanted to take a promotion at work for that weekend or go dance at Irish Fest. And I turned down the promotion and went and danced at Irish Fest. Now, of course, I was, you know, in my early 20s and in college. So a promotion back then wasn't quite the same as it is now. But I get it. That is another issue that adult Irish dancers have to kind of work around is, you know, it's work-life balance. It's, it's like that for anything. It's not just Irish dance. Sherry Lynn says, it took me over two years to get out of prelims, almost three. Really frustrating and at times disheartening. Genevieve says, novice. I moved my last dance up from advanced beginner in 2008. I've been stuck in novice ever since. Mind you, I did have two kids and a torn ligament in my ankle, so I had to stop dancing for long periods of time. I dance in Andovers, and I'm not getting any younger, while the kids I dance against are 13 to 15 clearly have more energy than I do. My mother constantly asks why I bother competing, since I'm clearly not good enough to move up. 
and should just accept it and quit wasting my time and money. That's terrible. Oh my gosh, Genevieve, why would your mom say that? She says, thanks, mom. She says, but I keep at it because in the end, I love Irish dance. I enjoy competing. Maybe someday I'll make it to prize winner. I sure will not move up if I quit trying. Genevieve, I am so sorry that your mom has that view of Irish dance for you and it sucks, but I'm so glad you stick with it and keep going because here's the thing. If any of us quit because somebody told us we should, um, here's the thing. If any of us quit, you'll wonder what if constantly. And is that worth it? I don't think so. Lynn says, Andover prize winner dancing as a 40 plus year old reel was the last one to get moved up. I feel you on that one. Um, I absolutely, I'm, my hard shoe is always first to move up and my soft shoe is the last. Lisa says, most frustrating for me was beginner in primary because I had been dancing for four or five years when I first competed, and I heard from other dancers how easy it was to move out of beginner, but I had never been quite focusing on the expected technique before, and it took me a while to learn the fesh style. My primary hornpipe was a real struggle, too. Took a few years until I finally made it. Maria says, I started as an adult in the adult competitions, got frustrated with lack of competitive opportunities, and dropped down to Andover's. I advanced fairly quickly until I hit prize winner, and then I was stuck for years. She shares a picture of herself when she uh, had gotten the last first place. She said, I'm pretty sure I actually levitated. Um, Sadly, while I enjoyed prelims much more than prize winner I always placed near the bottom it's such a great picture of Maria jumping up and down um I'll share the picture at adultirishdancepodcast.com and on our Facebook and Instagram it's such a wonderful moment and I'm so glad somebody was there to catch it for her Ashley says prize winner was by far the hardest my school required four firsts in each dance and it took forever for me to get my last treble jig first I was in prize winner for five years at least one full year was just waiting for treble jig firsts took me another three to get out of prelim and to open but I was competing a lot less due to college and work you know it's another problem we all have is is the work-life balance Jessica says, novice, there just hasn't been enough numbers to move up. It was hard moving into prize winner, and I'm pretty sure half of those were at teacher's discretion. I wish that was something, you know, we could address, but it's such a big undertaking is the amount of dancers it takes in your category for you to move up because I can't tell you how many times I have danced against one or two other people and you come in first place and it's still a wonderful feeling, but technically you still can't move up. So um, thank you for all the responses today. It was really comforting to read those because I felt bad being stuck in prelims for a year, but I also don't feel like I've had the time to really work on my Irish dance. And um, now that I am settled here in Arizona, I do plan on uh, in the next month or so, um, dropping in on an adult class and, and kind of getting started with that. But, you know, I think the key is just keep going. If you want to keep doing this, keep doing it. And I know it's frustrating. It is no fun not to move up. But sometimes moving up can be disheartening because you realize how much harder you have to work. And especially after you've placed really well for years and then all of a sudden, boom, you're at the bottom of the next level up. So, you know, big hugs to everybody. We'll all get there. Don't let anybody discourage you. Keep on dancing. Coming up next, we're going to have Sophia Wisgowski, the owner of Shannon Irish Dance Academy in Michigan. She is our guest on the show this week on the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast.
Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. My name is Jen Clark, and I'm so excited. I nailed her down. She is the busiest woman in Irish dance. It is Sophia Wisgowski. She's our guest on the show this week. Welcome, Miss Sophia. Thanks for having me. Then I did I say your name correctly because I, I don't want to like disrespect your last Wisgowski, name. Wisgowski, yeah. I know that's a, a okay, rough good. one to say. <laughs> So tell everybody where you teach, the name of your school, just kind of introduce yourself and, and, and tell us all that good stuff. Okay, so um, I run the Shannon Irish Dance Academy out of Rochester Hills, Michigan, and I am a T- the main TCRG there, and um, I also run it with, a very, who she was one of my students, but now she's a close partner of mine, um, Mary-Kate. And um, so we both run it. We're both TCRGs. And then my husband, Stephen, he runs the like, um, I guess, business side of it, because all I want to do is teach Irish dance. <laughs> yeah, I hate that part. Yeah, I hate that part. So um, we do it together and we do it full time. And I like I'm still enjoying it. And uh, we opened up in 2013 and we're still doing it. And, you know, when you moved, you reached out to us and see if we could, you know, help you out with your students that you had to leave behind. And, you know, we got Mary convinced Mary Kate to do that. And she's really excited about doing that. So we're excited about expanding out to Davison for you, for your students. So, I mean, it's exciting. Good stuff. So, yeah, I've been meaning to ask you, are you originally from Arizona? I know. I'm originally from Arizona. Okay. So weird how that happened. (laughs) That's crazy. So how did you get into Irish dance and when did you start? So I was about so long ago, 11 or 12 when I started. I had seen Irish dancers um, at a church that we were celebrating St. Patrick's Day at and I thought it was so cool and I really wanted to do it, but I actually didn't get into it until um, we had moved to a different parish and um, there was a girl there that kind of befriended me. Her mom forced her to be friends with me. We're still best friends to this day, but she was an Irish dancer. And so my mom's like, I'll just sign you up at the school she's at. So she signed me up and you know, I went to her dance school and I just absolutely fell in love with it. I was like, this is what I want to do. This is amazing. And then um, when I was like 14, they, I started really getting into competition and I started assisting in like the beginner classes. And, um, I remember emailing CLRG asking for the TCRG packet, even though I was, I was only like 14 or 15. I was like starting to prepare for my TCRG that I was like, this is what I want to do. I better start now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I knew that's what I wanted to do from a young age. I started with the McElligot school of Irish dance, which was owned by Heather Sparks, McGilligot in Arizona and then she moved away to Pennsylvania she has a school there now in Pennsylvania and then we were taken over by um, Michael Patrick Gallagher who was the lead at Riverdance at the time and then we moved so then I ended up going to a different dance studio in Arizona by um, Sarah Hotellin she's no longer teaching but um, she had joined with the McGuire school down in Arizona so we were like the Phoenix location and so then I started teaching under her and Darren when I was 17, 18, 19, and I was preparing for my TCRG to take it in 2011. And um, then my husband, who was my fiance at the time, had got laid off from his job, had to move back to Michigan because that's where he's originally from. 
So then my, you know, career path kind of got cut short because I was like, well, I guess I'm moving to Michigan since I'm marrying this guy who's now left Arizona. So I ended up out here and um, I was going to take my TCRG with CLRG, but I didn't really know where to go or where to begin because I was kind of like on my own for the first time because before I was under Darren and Sarah, they were just kind of like guiding me and I was already teaching under them and I was just really comfortable just being a teacher under them and now I'm on my own and um, I started dancing at the Gog and Carol school in Canada for a little bit. Um, and I was with them for about a year, but then it just became too strenuous and too expensive to constantly keep driving over the border. So I was looking for a school out here, but there was really only our Dan at the time and um, Flanagan O'Hare. But I think at the time Flanagan O'Hare was like trying to sell his school. He was going to be moving to Florida at the time. He's still here. So he didn't, I mean, obviously he has a school there too, but he didn't sell his school here. So I was like, our dam is really far, especially from where Rochester Hills. So then I found um, another dance studio that was out here that was open platform. And I had never heard of open platform. I had never heard of WIDA at the time as the, um, the organization she was under. And so I kind of got involved with them because she was looking for a teacher and um, taught with them for a little while. And then it just, it didn't work out in the end. So I ended up um, starting my own studio which I didn't want to do because I would, I, the whole plan was to teach for someone else, you know, not want to be on my own. Um, but so I kind of just started Shannon Irish Dance in 2013, moved off on my own. And it was really scary because, you know, my husband and I were just newlyweds and um, on our own for the first time as adults. And it was terrifying, but I mean, it worked out. <laughs> I totally get it. Going from teaching to having your own school is an enormous jump that not oh. everybody wants to make. Yeah, we did. We did. New business, you know, marriage, uh, first child. Like, it was just crazy. It was insane. Yeah, your husband, Stephen, is a great partner in Shannon Irish Dance. And I know, you know, my husband, he's been a dance husband since we met. And uh, I don't think he would really have a lot of interest in uh, being part of my school. So when did you and Stephen decide to do this full time together? Yeah, after we had our second child, he was still um, working. I mean, he refereed hockey and then he was working with State Farm at the time. Oh, sure. Yeah. And um, we were just I was so exhausted being a new mother and having to do the dance studio. And I wanted to do bigger and better things with it. And we just you know, it was just falling behind on the back burner. And he's like, look at he's like the amount of money I'm spending in gas driving to my job and that we would have to be spending in childcare for you to actually do this the way you want to do it he's like we might as well do this together because he had done IT work and stuff too and he's like uh we'll just do this together he's like I will help you do it you can do more private lessons you can offer more things like performances and you know travel to competitions and so we just took, we were it was scary because we weren't really sure if it would work, you know, if we would actually be able to do what we wanted to do with the studio and expand it the way we wanted to, but it, it completely worked and um, we're still growing it and we're happier because we're both with the kids all the time, you know, and we're able to do the studio full time. That's great. So Shannon puts on two feshes annually. You guys have the Michigan April Fools yeah. and yeah. Michigan Halloween. Those are both open platform feshes. 
I have been dying to ask you what it's like to put on two competitions every year because I've watched you do it and they are, I think, probably two of the biggest competitions in the state of Michigan and they're wonderfully run. But what's that like? I would imagine it's super stressful. It's extremely stressful. (laughs) We know, we know when we have an event coming up that we have to be extra patient with each other and extra patient with our children because it is a lot of work. Um, And every time we're done doing one, he is always like, I quit. I am never doing this again. (laughs) Then I talk him into it because it's just so good for our kids. Like at the end of the day, like what we see from our families and and the, the families that travel to our competitions and the teamwork and the camaraderie and just the good memories that they're making with each other is like so worth it in the end. You know, so we continue to do it. it I mean, it, it's it's expensive. It's um, time consuming. Parents, especially new parents, like beginner parents, they have no clue what Irish dance is. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so they need like extra care and attention, and it's just very stressful. <laughs> So not only do you organize these competitions, but you have three children of your own. Do they all compete? Yeah, all three of them do. (laughs) Okay, because it is so cool to see them go up on stage, and they're all really, really good. But Um, I love watching them as soon as they go up on stage. What is it like for you? Uh, You're running a fest. You're trying to keep tabs on your dancers on the parents making sure everything is moving smoothly. Um, I know keeping things on time can be very tough during a fesh. But what is it like when you are a TC and the organizer of a fesh, and then boom, your kid is on stage competing? What is that like? What goes through your head when you have to switch gears from teacher and organizer to mom of a dancer? It's interesting for sure, but what's really cool is in my dance studio, um, we, we get the teenagers and the adult dancers involved, like helping assist and teach. So they literally, my kids literally have all these older brothers and sisters and other parents looking after them to making sure they're okay, you know, cause they know how, how busy I am. But I, I mean, so it's so nice to know that if I can't watch him or because I'm dealing with another parent or student or I miss something or I can't tie their shoe, like I have someone else who's on it, like making sure that they're okay. And they're totally fine going and asking um, one of the other parents or one of the assistants and not even coming to me for anything. And that's something I've noticed. You guys really have a village around you, which is super important. I mean, this is not my first cross-country move. I moved from Milwaukee to Seattle when I was in my early 20s. My son was less than a year old. And then we moved back to the Midwest. We moved to Wisconsin, then Michigan, and now we're in Arizona. And it is so hard when you move away from your family and friends because you have to create a new village to help you raise your kids. And it can be really, really stressful. And I love seeing um, at your feshes, I love seeing, you know, your other dancers, the older dancers, uh, other parents kind of carrying your kids around and they let you and Steven do your thing. And, and I think that's great that you guys um, have created your own village through Shannon Irish dance. And that's awesome. So kudos for that. Yeah. 
<laughs> now, you also put on a yearly event called the Irish Nutcracker, and I feel bad. I never got to see it, um, but it happens every Christmas. And what is that like, and where did you get the idea from? I've only seen pictures online, but it just is such a beautiful production. What's that like, and where did you get the idea to put this on? I, I don't know. Maybe we like torturing ourselves. I don't know. But that's like another thing that's extremely stressful. We just enjoy these stressful events that we put on. Um, so the Irish Nutcracker was originally started by my Irish dance teacher, um, Sarah Hotellen. In, uh, I think she said she first put pen to paper in 2001. So in 2001, she started writing the storyline for her Irish Nutcracker. And then she put on her first show, I believe, in like 2003 or 2004. So she had been running the Irish Nutcracker for a few years before I came to her dance studio in 2007, I think is when I started with her. And so I had danced in the show for a few years. And then when she retired in 2012... She was, you know, she was done teaching and she had all these costumes and props and everything. And I was like, I absolutely love this show. Like, I'm really sad every Christmas that I'm not doing it. I'm like, can I continue to do it since you're done doing it? And she's like, yeah, she's like, I'll ship everything up to you, um, give you the storyline and everything. And I had helped her direct it the last um, year that I was in Arizona. So I kind of had an idea on how to do it on my own. And um, so she shipped everything out to me and um, from then we've just kind of built on top of it with new costumes and new props and, um, characters and stuff. And, um, it just took, it took me a long time to like put the music together because we had originally used a live band because she was part of the band. And so was her husband at the time. So that, I think that was like the most difficult part was putting all the music together for the pieces. Cause I have not been able to find a live band that would be interested in doing it yet. But um, it is a ton of hard work. We do the auditions in the summertime, so usually July. And then from there, we kind of build on the ensemble pieces and then figure out costumes. And do we want to add a new piece or do we want to take away a piece? Like, so it kind of changes from year to year. Um, but the kids put in so much work. We're literally, we're living at the studio seven days a week for four months out of the year. But I think it's just like anything else in Irish dance and, and, and in life in general, basically, you know, these things, they are huge undertakings. And yeah. a lot of the times we hate every minute leading up to it. And you say, I'm never going to do this again. But then once it's over and you see the joy it brought people and and how fun it was for everybody and how much good it did that you're like all right I'll do it again but it's worth it it really is oh, sure. and I've seen I've seen more of them pop up like it's become a big thing now I think lots of people do them now lots of different schools so it was really cool um to see that but the kids love it my it's another one of those things where my husband's like we're never doing this again and we end up doing it. <laughs> yeah I know some schools in my hometown of Milwaukee do a yearly show um in the spring or the summer and it's really good for the dancers yeah and you know if they ever want to do uh be professional dancers one day they know how to do auditions they know how to choreograph their own pieces they can do all that you know they know how to do that I think 
Irish dancers, we don't have as many opportunities to perform if it's not St. Patrick's Day. I think we get overlooked a lot. So I love that you have an annual show that the kids can look forward to. They can audition and work towards that. And they can have that under their belt, too, and have a chance to perform without the pressure of competing. And it's it's really interesting because every year that we do this show, the dancers that I have doing it go in in one way and they come out completely different dancers it has just really built their confidence up and um a lot of times I have them choreograph little pieces or add their own character into their their part and um that has really developed them a lot as dancers and I think it the Irish Nutcracker has really brought out like so much in my dancers and I couldn't like not do it. You know, I, they, I don't think they would be the dancers they are today without that show. So when you started Shannon Irish Dance, did you already plan on having an adult class or was this something that you decided to add later on? No, um, I taught an adult class when I was teaching for my school in Arizona. So it was kind of a normal thing. Like I thought everybody taught adults, you know. So when I started my school, um, I definitely had a, an adult class right off the bat and um, teaching, well, at least for, for us, our adults competed. So it was like a normal thing for me. And then I started learning that not all adults wanted to compete. They just wanted to learn Irish dance. I'm not really good at that. I'm, I'm um, the oldest of 10 children and both of my parents are highly competitive people. And I am very competitive. I'm introverted, but very competitive. And Irish dance was a way for me to be extroverted in that way on stage. And so I found it hard to teach the adults that just wanted to do it recreationally. I just wasn't very good at it. And um, so I recently handed it over to Kathleen because Kathleen is so good. She's so good. She just loves Irish culture and Irish language. And she's got a background, you know, her family's from Ireland and she's just so easy talking to people and sharing her information and her story. She's, she's 60, she just turned 60. So she doesn't have wealth of stories to share about Irish dancing in the olden days. So she's way better at teaching the recreational adults. <laughs> and I really enjoy teaching the competitive adults because I, I think that, you know, even though we're adults, we try to, you sometimes are a little self-confident about dancing like a 20 year old or dancing like a teenager. And I think we can do great things, you know, with our bodies and we can go to worlds and we can dance on a Kaylee team and we can perform in shows and you don't have to be a hundred pounds. You don't have to be 14 to do all those things. And I like being able to like push them to a point past where they think they could ever reach and make it challenging. Um, I, I've trained several adult dancers to do the WIDA world championships and that was extremely rewarding. And I really enjoyed watching them do that. And I'm excited that more people are doing that, that the adult competitions are growing. And hopefully that continues to grow. I just think it's really cool. Do you have dancers going to the Worlds this year, which are obviously digital? So digitally this year, um, Kathleen was supposed to do it, but she actually had caught COVID and pneumonia. And so she's kind of recovering from that still. Kathy is amazing. Um, she's actually, I think she's in her 50s. Yeah. She is actually in the intro to our podcast, but she kicked my butt <laughs> at the last fest before she got COVID. And she got COVID recently. So, um, you know, kind of on the, the tail end of the pandemic. Um, so I, I was so happy to be able to 
see her at this last fest of yours in April. I got to give her a hug before I left, but she's an amazing dancer and she's really good. And I love that, you know, you know your strengths. You know that you are better at teaching competitive adults than recreational. So you let her teach the recreational class. I think that's great. You know, do what you're good at. Yeah, so that's really disappointing. She's done it literally every year, I think, for the past five years. So it's really, really sad that she's out. But she's she's working her way back to competing again. Um, I have some... I have a newer adult, Taylor Williams. She actually helps um, Kathleen with the adult class. She's competing in primary for the international grade fest part of it. And it's her first time and she's really excited. Um, it's, it's weird doing it digitally, but I mean, we've been doing all these other competitions all year digitally. My school's been really involved in that. And it's been great because they've been able to develop over the last year and move up levels and learn new choreography and, you know, keep moving forward. So I'm really glad that they, you know, we've been doing that and that's been offered. Do you think it helped your decision to have an adult class because you started dancing as a teenager? I know that when we were kids, if you started past the age of three, a lot of schools and TCs would just tell you, you are too old. I think, I think even Michael Flatley was told that when he was 13, that no, you're, you're too old to start Irish dancing. Do you think it helped your decision to have an adult class because you started dancing as a teenager? Yeah. I mean, because I continue to do it into my adulthood and um, we didn't at that time, well, you didn't have an adult class. Like the adults danced with everyone else. They, they danced with the kids. So that was a, that was a normal thing. And they competed. And I mean, we had an adult eight hand and that was like a normal thing. And um, yeah, I mean, so like, I never really thought twice about it. That's interesting because I remember in my early twenties when I had realized how much I loved Irish dance, how much I wanted to compete and challenge myself. And I was so scared to ask my TC to switch into the class with the teenagers, which now in hindsight is hilarious. I'm 38 and I would be much more terrified now to go to a class with teenagers, um, than I, I should have been in my early twenties, but I think it's great that you offer that I do and I don't agree that we should have separate classes for adults and I kind of have problems with that sometimes because when you give them their own class sometimes they feel like um they you, you can't really expect what you expect out of the kids from that and um they expect to be treated differently and sometimes I, I struggle with that because like it's the same for, if you want to compete, if you want to get to prelim, if you want to get out of prelim, it's kind of the same process, whether you're a kid or, or an adult, you know, and they're not just going to hand it to you because you're 30, you know, you still have to, you still have to work your way up like everyone else. And so I, I do struggle with that a little bit. I mean, I do, I, with my competitive adults, they do not have a separate class. They dance with everyone else according to their level. Um, but the recreational adults, sure, you, you want to get away from your kids and you just want to do this as a, as a social thing and drink beer on the side. That's fine. I'll give you your own class for that. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. My question is, do you change the steps to accommodate the adults and their own skills and abilities? Because, you know, I know if I'm dancing in the Andovers I can't beat a 15 year old, no matter how hard I try. I mean, it is what it is. Um, they're doing things I can't do, but do you change the steps for the adults that join the younger classes? For sure. I do that for everyone, but yeah, I do change up the steps. I do what I think you're going to be good at what you're going to be strong at. I'm not going to throw you something that I know is going to be a struggle. If you want to try a trick, 
Um, I'll let you try it. But if we can't get it by the end of like eight weeks, maybe we should move on to something else. But um, right. Yeah. And I, I mean, my adults that competed at Worlds, I, not all of them were champion dancers, but I was like, you're an adult. I'm not going to make you spend 20 years trying to get into prelim, you know, just so you can go to world. So I was like, as long as you have the proper material that's required, you can go, you know, you know, and, and have that experience. But like my younger dancers, I'm like, mm, no, you gotta, you gotta work your way up to that level if you want to compete. So, um, yeah, so I do make some exceptions like that because I mean, they are adults and some of us didn't start this until, later you know until we were adults I have a lot of dance friends that actually didn't start until they were in college and they still enjoy it and they still love it some of them have become TCRGs it's never too late so what are your long-term goals for the Shannon Irish Dance Academy so my long-term goal is I, I we're still open platform but I'm not I think we we got out of WIDA two years ago and um, I think I want to get back into CLRG. So I'm about to take my last grade exam, grade 12. And then I want to take the TCRG as soon as they start offering them because I just, my school has grown and my kids, you know, are starting to get really good. And I just want to offer them more opportunities to compete and, um, you know, do the Aractus and, and the CLRG World Championships and things like that. And um, I think the best way that I can offer that to them is going back to CLRG because unfortunately in our area, you know, open platform, like there's opportunity, but you have to travel really far to compete, you know, and um, there's more, there's closer opportunity. And I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, things that won't accept you if you're not in, in CLRG. And I just, I don't want to be the reason why my kids can't do certain things, you know. And that's very cool because CLRG does not have a huge presence in the state of Michigan, but it does in the surrounding areas. And you're right, that would offer a lot of opportunities for your dancers. And I can't thank you enough. I just you know, want to publicly um, and personally thank you for taking on my previous Irish dancers um, because the whole idea when I knew I was moving to Arizona was, oh, I'll just teach them digitally. It'll be fine. And even now that I'm here, I'm like, that wouldn't have worked in the long term. You know, it's, it's a short term solution, but that's why I reached out to you guys. And now Mary Kate is going to be teaching in the Flint area, my dancers um, that I just left. And it's so hard to leave dancers that, you know, they didn't know Irish dance before I got there. And I, I keep telling myself that, like, remember, they didn't know any of this before you got there, but I don't have my TCRG. It's never something I've had like a goal to go out and get. I've always been riding this weird line of trying to prove something to myself and never sure if TCRG was was in the cards for me, but um, I'm so excited to see where you take these dancers because they have such potential, and I'm excited to follow their journey. And thank you so so much for taking this on and expanding. And I'm so excited to see where these dancers go with you guys. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah.
Okay, Sophia, plug your school. Tell everybody where they can find you online and how they can get a hold of you. So you can find us on our website at uh, shannonirishdance.com. And we have classes in Rochester Hills, Michigan. And uh, now in Davison, we offer jump and jig for preschoolers. We do do adult classes and we do performance and competitive classes. So we have a lot of things that you can get your hands on. That's great. Thank you so much, Miss Sophia, for being on the Adult Irish Dancers podcast. I appreciate it, <laughs> and I look forward to keeping in touch. And uh, you're going to take take my previous dancers to the moon and back, and I'm excited about it. So thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for um, it being an inspiration. Oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, you really are. You really are. If you're stressed, it doesn't show. <laughs> well, okay. well, that's good. <laughs> thanks for being on the podcast, Miss Sophia. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Jennifer. You're listening to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. Welcome back to the Adult Irish Dancers Podcast. My name is Jen Clark, and we are wrapping up today. Such a great interview with Miss Sophia. She's such a busy bee. Um, I've been trying to lock her down for a while. I don't know when she sleeps, but she's definitely, she's an inspiration of mine uh, for sure. So thank you, Miss Sophia, for being on the show. And also, you know, just from me to her, um, big thank you for taking on my dancers that I left behind in Michigan. Uh, I've said this on other podcasts. It's really hard to leave a class behind, especially a class that you you started. Like these kids didn't know any Irish dance before I met them. And I'm really excited because I think Shannon Irish Dance Academy will be able to take them to the next level. So a uh, great interview today. Today. Thank you, Miss Sophia. Thank you to everybody who listened. I'd uh, love to check in online with you at adultirishdancepodcast.com. If you have an interview idea or a topic idea, I would love to hear from you. You can also email me at info at adultirishdancepodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and all that good stuff. And uh, I will talk to you again next week. Have a wonderful week. Keep on dancing, everybody talk to you next week. My name is Caitlin. I'm 31 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Chris. I'm 45 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I'm Erica. I'm 30 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. Hi, my name's Patty. I'm 56 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Marcel. I am 47 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. My name is Grace. I'm 28 years old and I'm an adult Irish step dancer. My name is Eva. I'm 38 years old and I'm an adult Irish dancer. I am Rachel. I'm 35 years old and I am an adult Irish dancer. Check us out online and connect with us at adultirishdancepodcast.com.